0: Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. And I'm Matt. And this is another episode in our 12 days of Christmas, where for the 12 days leading up to Christmas, we talk about a film in the holiday genre. Uh, Today's movie is a new one. Um, It's called The Noel Diary, and Matt's going to tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so this is set in the snowy uh, northeast uh, New England part of the United States, and it's the holiday season. And uh, best-selling author Jay Turner, or Jacob Turner, uh, who's played by Justin Hartley, um, he finds out that his mother, his kind of estranged mother, uh, has passed away. However, she's left him everything that she has, um, which is basically a house, a family house that she's been hoarding stuff in. Uh, so he goes and starts, you know, trying to clean out some stuff and then uh a woman appears uh rachel who's played by barrett Doss. she says that her mom was a nanny uh at his house many years ago then gave her up for adoption and she's kind of trying to find her mom trying to figure out what happened why was she giving up for adoption um there's a road trip that they end up going on together jacob and rachel there's lots of kind of twists and turns that the story takes as um rachel tries to figure out you know the story of her mom and then jacob also tries to decide if he wants to reconcile with his estranged father Mm -hmm. um bonnie bedelia is up in this (laughs) she's a, a the neighbor, she, she plays the, the neighbor he had when he was growing up and who still lives in the house. So, yeah, there's a lot going on here. Um, what did you think?
0: So I thought this was pretty good for the for this type of film. Now, we should say this is a made-for-Netflix uh, Christmas movie.
1: Brand new this year.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of one of those that's, you know, ostensibly ha- harm, Hallmark-esque Christmas film Um But I think this one's a little different. It feels a little darker, maybe a little more weighty. Um, I thought that, as I've said before, the success of these types of movies hinges on the quality of the lead actors. And I think this movie actually excels in that front because I thought that Justin Hartley was really, really good. I mean, he's (laughs) he's playing a novelist, a very, very successful, famous novelist. And I don't know that any novelist is ever as handsome as this guy is. But, um, you know, you just have to kind of roll with that kind of thing in, in these movies. I also don't know that there's many, many novelists who are as famous as he is in this film. Yeah,
1: you and I talked about this offline um, after we watched it. And maybe of a different generation, novelists mm-hmm. were, like you're know, your Stephen King's, you're James Patterson's, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing, you know. But, like, he's, you know, Justin Hartley's, I think 45 mm-hmm. he's characters playing is like 40. Um, people of that generation and younger, I don't know if those novelists are quite. So, I mean, he's like a, like a, like a rock star celebrity. Uh, right, and I'm right. like, I,
0: yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a rare thing, but, um, you kind of have to roll with it. <laughs> and then, uh, Barrett Doss, uh, I thought she was really good too, um, as well. And I thought they had really good, they have really good chemistry together. Um, But like I said, it's a little, it's a little darker, both, both characters. And, you know, as the story progresses, we kind of delve into their past and both characters have kind of, you know, some troubles in their past that they're, that they've, that they're dealing with. And, um, I don't know, it gives, it gives them a little more depth maybe than you would typically have in, in one of these kind of films. Um, so yeah, I, I, I liked it overall. I mean, there's definitely problems with it. Um. I don't know, the, the budgets for these films, I think, are fairly, they must be fairly low. And, and they kind of skimp on some of the production values sometimes. And we noticed this one. I mean, the lighting is odd sometimes.
1: There's um, this post-production, like, blue tint they put on things to, like, yeah. I don't know, make a seem injury.
0: Yeah, it was almost kind of a... Well, sometimes I felt like it was almost kind of a day for night thing, where maybe they filmed during the day, but they were wanting this to be set in the evening, so they made it real dark. I don't know. It it looked a little odd sometimes. But there was also some pretty good um, cinematography at times. There's some beautiful, snowy, foresty landscapes um, several times. So, you know, I don't know. It set the mood. And it's definitely, uh, it doesn't sacrifice on the Christmassy stuff. Oh my gosh, no. No. It certainly
1: does we
0: We (laughs) we get the obligatory Christmas market that they go to. (laughs) Um, We get, there's Christmas decorations. There's, you know, cozy inns that they visit. Um, There's a a screening, an outdoor screening, no less, of It's a Wonderful
1: Life. Yeah, that doesn't work. No,
0: Uh, because it's supposed to be really cold.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're in Vermont. I mean, it starts out in Connecticut, but then they travel to Vermont, and yeah, right. in this little picturesque uh, Norman Rockwell village. Yeah, there is not <laughs> in the middle of December an outdoor in Vermont an outdoor screening <laughs> of This Wonderful Life, and people are just like sitting in the seats so that they set up and like mm-hmm. just smiling and watching it. And I am mm-hmm. like, no, 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 yeah. No.
0: <laughs> and there were carolers. I remember I was lamenting our lack of car- our carolers in our neighborhood. <laughs>
1: I've never lived anywhere where there's carolers. <laughs> no, me neither. Yeah. Sadly. No, I, I, I don't know if that ever really. Existed.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the movie. Um, the ending is problematic. I think it's, um, it has a very abrupt ending. Um, so that's one, that's one thing. It, it was almost kind of an old Hollywood ending where all of a sudden, you know, the end pops up on the mm-hmm. screen. Um, But at the same time, I'm not really sure what else I wanted there. But there's other elements to the ending that didn't quite work. I mean, one of the things that makes this a little more interesting or slash problematic um, is the fact that our female character um, is engaged. She has a Mm fiancé. And so this relationship that we're supposed to be getting behind... Between her and... Between her and this young author novelist. Um, we're, I mean, we, we want them to be together, but at the same time, we're basically wanting her to commit infidelity. Um, so it's, it's, that's an interesting kind of troublesome element. And the ending doesn't really deal with that very well.
1: But. Yeah. I would, um, I, I would have not had her engaged. I mean, if it, there's, th- so there's aspects of her character that, or her life situation that, I think our, I, I get why they introduced them, or, or, or and I'm I fine with most of that staying, except, yeah, I would not have made her engaged. I mean, maybe maybe had been engaged, and then it didn't work out, and she's fresh out of that relationship. So, yeah, that might have been better. But I think the fact that she is engaged ends up interrupting the flow of the, like, the last 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. Because mm-hmm. the last 10 or 15 minutes of the movie don't work out so well for me, and... I thought about it afterward, and I'm like, well, they, it, I can see why they did, did it the way they did it. But and, and I think a lot of it revolves around the fact that she's engaged. And I'm I just like, uh, anyway, <laughs> going back, though. So I like this movie. I, I, this movie, I think, is a really compelling story. Um, it was really, um, I wanted her to, you know, I mean, so there's this diary uh, it's weird It's weird to talk about the diary because, on the one hand, it's the title of the movie. But I also feel like it's a little, if not spoilery, it's a... I mean, the movie's getting to the halfway point before we even really have a big reveal about what the diary is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but it's fairly important to the progression of the story, the titular diary. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That is part of the story that I thought was compelling. I'm wanting, you know, finding out what happened to her mom. Does she find her mom? What's going on there? And then with the author, and his situation with his dad, and um, yeah. But no. I, so I found the story compelling. I, I was really glad to see Bobby Bedelia again. You know, I think last time I saw her was in the Die Hard movies back in the day. <laughs> um, it's a lot of, you know, I've talked before on this podcast about I like movies where there are people who are being nice to each other. And there's, there's a fair bit of that here in this movie. Um, so I like that. Now, what hinders this movie for me, and I was, I'll be quite honest with you, I was not getting into this. I was actually very resistant to this in the first, I don't know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And part of that's the production design which if we ever bring up production design in this podcast, we're usually praising it. But here I felt like we were on a set or not necessarily a set, but we were on a place that had been staged. So in other words, when um, the author, Jacob, he goes to his house early on in the movie. It's a nice house. It looks like they actually filmed this at a house, not on a set, but it could have been a set. I don't know. But – you know, they always, as they say, dress uh, a, a set or, or mm-hmm. wherever they're filming. And, you know, production people come in and they lay out all the props and whatever. And his house did not feel lived in. You know, and, and it, felt, it felt like a, a dressed set. You know, and that bugged me. Um, I kind of got that impression, too, at least early on when he went to his late mother's house and and even, you know, I know I said I, I was happy to see her, but even when Bonnie Bedelia showed up as an next door neighbor and they were talking for a bit, it took me a while to get into that because I felt to myself, I felt like I don't believe any of this. I don't, it does not feel like this is his boyhood home. It does not feel like this is his neighbor that he's known for decades. Um, it feels like, a, it, I feel like I'm watching actors in the movie, mm-hmm. which is odd because I feel like the acting in this was, was quite good. Um, and, and I'm maybe judging on a curve with Netflix <laughs> and stuff, but no, I feel like the acting was good. Um, and the, I got to say something about the directing, because there were moments in this movie where, again, I go back to that compelling story. And so there were moments in this movie where we're like they're kind of hitting the story beats at a critical juncture, and the actors are just giving it all they got, right? And then the director comes along, and just the way he shoots it, and like, it, it like intercuts these weird, almost weird imaging going on here, mm-hmm. and it drew me completely out, mm-hmm. and made it. It just, it. I don't know what he was going for, <laughs> but it wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that said, I got, I, I gotta say, maybe it was just an off day for the director because. I gotta I gotta mention this this dude has a pretty for my opinion pretty impressive resume. Um Charles Shire. He's now he's now in his early 80s. But um people a certain age, like you and I, will remember movies like Um Private Benjamin and Smokey the Bandit. Um he wrote those movies, he wrote the screenplays for those. Um he wrote and directed Baby Boom. Diane Keaton, which I know is one of your favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote and directed the remake, uh, the early 90s remake of Father of the Bride, which had uh, Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, so this dude has, like, solid, a solid filmography. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but I feel like this movie works in spite of the direction. Mm.
0: Well, it's interesting. I, I, and I don't know if... Again, the budget constraints might have been an issue. Uh, I, I do agree with you that the, the set design is is wanting here, um, and I didn't feel it so much with his home for whatever reason. But when when we did get to his childhood home and, and his mother, who is supposedly she's a hoarder, I don't know. It wasn't a convincing hoarder home to me because it was it was too clean and organized. I mean, there's a lot of junk in it, but mm-hmm. it, it it didn't look like a real hoarder's place. Um, I did think that Bonnie Bedelia's house, there's a scene where he goes over to her house. I thought that was better done. Yes. Um, Because she's an artist and she had her artwork up, and it it felt real. It felt like a place she might have actually lived. Um, So, yeah, it's pretty spotty.
1: Um, (laughs) Well, okay, going back to his home, uh early in the movie, this is a a situation where the production design and the direction were working in tandem to, to pull me out of the movie, but, like, the way we're introduced to his house, like, before he even gets inside, it's just just they do shots of this corner of the living room and this this vinyl collection here and the books there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, stuff. and so it felt very directed, right? Mm-hmm. In addition to that, I mean, the stuff that they're focusing on are, like, you know, these books that he reads. Like, I mean, he reads friggin Hemingway, right? And, and he's <laughs> listening to – um who was the who's on the vinyl? Was it Ella Fitzgerald or Nina Simone? Nina Simone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that was a connection that they had because yeah, like, they were both Nina Simone fans, and, uh, yeah. which I, I I was totally on board and with. He's this.
1: an excellent piano player. Yes. Anyway, I'm just saying, like this this dude is like Mister like a perfection, like he just I don't know. I mean, we learn about his his, his history, right? But I'm like this dude that came fully formed. uh, And laid onto the earth in this perfect like set of interests and talents Mm -hmm. and appearance.
0: (laughs) I mean, he's he's perfection personified. He he's beautiful, as they often are in these types of movies, right? Mm -hmm. He's beautiful. He's intelligent. He has all these interesting hobbies, and but he has no friends and no lovers, so he needs a woman in his life.
1: He doesn't want to let anyone get close.
0: Yeah, he don't. But he does have a dog. The dog is is very good in this movie.
1: Okay, here's where I knew. Here's why I, I didn't audibly groan, but I groaned inside. Maybe you still heard it. I don't know. But so you know, the first time we see him very early in the movie, mm-hmm. maybe the first scene or two is he's in like I think New York City, mm-hmm. and he's doing a book signing. And you, um, they do the typical thing when you have a, a book signing scene in a movie where the Loyal readers of the author look stupid and dumb. Uh, So there was that. And then um, it shows him uh, driving up to his house. Okay, so at the book signing, this woman is obviously flirting with him. Mm -hmm. And he says something like, um, um, well, you know, i got to get home to, like, you know, the woman of my life, you know, Ava. And and the the woman who's at the, the book signing, she obviously looks fairly after she hears that she's like oh i not know i didn't know he had someone he's like yeah and i'm sitting there thinking like uh ava is going to be like a cat or a dog <laughs> or a hamster or something like it's going to be a pet right mm-hmm. and and sure enough when he gets home and walks inside oh there's he's like hey ava and here comes the dog and i'm just like yeah and that's when i groaned inside i'm like <sighs> this movie this is this how it's going to be? <laughs> this is how this movie's going to be. But I want to stress it won't be over in the end.
0: Yeah, no, I think in the in the con- like I said before, in the context of these types of movies, I think this is a pretty great one. What would you give it out of ten? And with that in mind, I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Okay,
1: I give it a seven. So our score is a seven. A <laughs> uh, that is uh, the Noel Diary. Um, watch it for no other reason I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna be real here Watch it for no other reason Than like Justin Hartley
0: Yeah He's he's a wonderful actor
1: <laughs> Remember that scene Where like um, The Rachel character She's like Getting ready to leave And she goes out to her car And he's just like In a white t-shirt And it starts to rain It starts to rain And he's just like Standing there at her car Like Getting mm-hmm. wet in, in, in the rain In the white t-shirt I shall
0: never forget that scene Yeah
1: That was like the best scene In the movie <laughs> All right, thank you all for listening. Thank you.